It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, however, is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live, in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa. The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Intercepted at the 35-yard line. Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's Z O N E T R A C K S. And follow the podcast Twitter handle as well at PB Review Podcast. If you want to go ahead and follow all of my written work as well, you can go over to SB Nation's Bolts from the Blue.com. I am the deputy manager over at that site. Guys, What a rough bit of news that we all got a couple days ago when Derwin James was seen in a walking boot on Friday after just finishing a practice with a pick on Derwin, excuse me, on Drew Brees in the team's first joint practice with the New Orleans Saints. We found out some really, really bad news. Uh, That's just tough. We'll get into that a little bit later, but man, does that affect the team and potentially the outlook on this 2019 season? And speaking of that, if you guys, you all probably heard the cold opening we just had with our new partner, my bookie. If you feel like this Derwin James news is going to affect the Chargers' outcome their season this year, maybe it's okay to go over there and uh, maybe make some free money if you're if you're looking that lowly on the Chargers. That's mybookie.com/bluewire. Don't forget promo code bluewire. But, uh, you know, I'm not telling you, wink, wink, but uh, if you feel like making some free money as well, that's always a good choice over there. Um, you know, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, without further ado, guys, we're just going to get right into the show. So unless you've been under a rock the last couple days, you've heard that Derwin James, the Chargers, Swiss Army knife, do everything, be good at everything safety, unfortunately has to come to a stress excuse me, stress fracture of the fifth metatarsal. So essentially that is the pinky toe um, in your foot. But as you can understand that, you know, besides what we can see of our own pinky on the outside, that bone extends down into obviously the base and meat of the foot. Um, I actually had the same injury. I lost my entire junior season of high school football with this injury. Um, What's so crazy about this injury, and it makes sense that he apparently sustained it last Thursday and then no one even thought about it. He didn't, I don't think, mention it to anybody right away. He just, you know, picked off Drew Brees during the team's joint practice with the Saints. And all of a sudden, um, we wake up, we go to practice on Friday, and he's in a boot. 
and everyone starts freaking out. And then we end up inevitably hearing the news that we have the last couple of days that he will have surgery and he will miss three to four months. It's crazy because when I did it, I thought I just rolled my ankle. And I know that's weird. Your ankle is in your foot. It's two different places, but like I, the way I've rolled my foot and the way you roll your foot is how I kind of broke this. I was playing basketball and I, I landed on the side, which to me always ends up rolling your ankle. Well, a month happened, month came and went, and I was like, man, this stuff still hurts. And I, you know, took a step back and was like, wait a minute, that's not my ankle that hurts. It's the side of my foot. So, and I'm going to get an x-ray and realize, oh yeah, I broke my fifth metatarsal. Well, I was in a boot for a couple months, was on crutches for a couple months, um, and was going into my junior year of high school football. And on the first day of practice, I ended up catching a pass, um, but I had to kind of jump and turn back for it on this out route. And I ended up re-breaking the same thing. I came down on the side of my foot the exact same way, re-broke it the exact same way. And again, I was put back in the boot, back in the crutches, and I missed that season. I was out of the boot towards the end of that high school season. So I remember high school seasons, like roughly their regular seasons are nine games. So you can maybe expect Derwin to be back if he gets a bone stimulator like I did, help kind of expedite that process and do everything he needs to. Obviously, these are professionals. They have much more better care and technology than just the normal person. So in those three to four months, I mean, that's that's realistic. He could miss, you know, three months and be back for week, what is it, uh, week 10, 11, 12, and, and, and really make, help make the t- or give the team a push down the last stretch, those last four games or so heading into potentially a playoff berth if the team does well enough prior to uh, his return. Um, but it's frustrating, guys. It's so frustrating to hear this type of stuff. We've already had the Melvin Gordon holdout, the pulmonary embolism from Russell Okung. Uh, recently as well, Keenan Allen will miss the preseason with some knee and ankle stuff. It's just not, it's not good. That's the top running back, top receiver, your top tackle, uh, your left tackle at that, and arguably your best defensive player, depending on how you view Bosa or Derwin James. But it's frustrating. One thing after the other, Chargers football is back, I see, with the injury bug. Rearing its ugly head that we talk about all the time and just hope and pray that it won't show up, and it is here. What is the team going to do without Derwin James for the first three to four months uh, from now? So a lot of people have talked about Rayshon Jenkins. He was 220 pounds last year. They bulked him up to be the backup to Derwin James at the strong safety position. But going into this season, they had him drop weight again for the first time, I think, since his rookie year. He's back under 200 pounds. Playing that free safety spot, he was the incumbent going into the season, started at the free safety spot during the team's last two games of 2018. Um, and he had competition with Nasir Adderley and Jalen Watkins for the starting free safety position, but Watkins has been out up until this past game against the Saints. Nasir Adderley hasn't practiced over the last couple weeks, but apparently looks good and will likely play the next two games of the preseason. But as things stand, do you move Rayshon Jenkins over to strong safety and allow Watkins or Adderley to eventually fill in the free safety role? Or... Does the team move Adrian Phillips, who's been their all-pro special teamer, played a lot of dime linebacker excuse me, for them last season? He kind of has a similar skill set, just not as pure athletic as Derwin James, but can obviously lay the boom as a bigger guy, uh, obviously big enough to play uh, linebacker in their dime packages. So uh, instead of maybe making two moves where it's Rayshon to strong and then someone else to free, maybe just one move, keep Rayshon at free, Adrian Phillips to strong and leave it at that. It might be the best bet in terms of experience and, 
you know, making the most of the situation without doing too much, like keeping hope out of it in a sense, you know, knowing that at least the people that you're putting into that situation, into that position, uh, has the most experience, you know, playing in general. And that's kind of what you want to do when, when crazy bad stuff like this happens, when bad luck tends to just, uh, come your way. Um, and just the more I think about it, the more frustrating it is, um, man, what a shame. For you guys wanting and hoping that the game against the New Orleans Saints was going to be a little more similar to the game against the Cardinals, at least in terms of what the the first team quote-unquote offense looks like coming out the gate, you might have been a little disappointed, as was I. The What was left of the first team, you know, the first team offensive line, a couple of the receivers, uh, minus Allen, Tyrod, though, at the helm. It was exciting. Tyrod went for six for, excuse me, he went six for six. It was like 74 yards. Um, looked really good against the Cardinals. Things were a bit different to start the game against the Saints. Turnovers plagued both teams. It was a, a fumble here, fumble there, tipped interception, tipped interception. I mean, they, they traded these types of turnovers throughout the first half. Both teams failed on fourth downs, Chargers going first, Saints botching a snap on fourth down uh, to start the first two uh, possessions. Um, it just wasn't the same, guys. It wasn't nearly as exciting. The offensive line looked absolutely horrible. We It's a theme we're just going to keep beating like a dead horse. It just wasn't the same. Tyrod Taylor finished 7 of 10. It was a fairly efficient night, but he had 57 yards and that tipped interception, which you know depends on how much you... How uh, much fault you give him for that. Justin Jackson led the uh, team in rushing. Eight carries for 33 yards, but then uh, Newsom had five for 17. Eckler only had three for nine yards. Just couldn't get open against this defensive line, this defensive front by the Saints. So rushing in general, I think they finished 24 with like 76 yards. It was 3.3 yards per carry, which just isn't good uh, to see at any point. Um, some notable standouts. It was Cardale Jones' best game as a Charger, I think, period. And after the last couple of years, including his game against the Cardinals last week, everyone probably thought that the Cardale Jones experiment was finally over. Maybe we'd see Stick be the third quarterback in in front of Jones. That wasn't what happened against the Saints. And you know what? Who cares at this point? I still don't think the Cardale Jones experiment is going to go anywhere but the guy killed it. He led a 98-yard scoring drive. The only offensive touchdown scored by the Chargers on the night was authored by Cardale Jones. Listen to this. He, he finished 10 of 14 for 111 yards and a 24-yard strike to Andre Patton with an insane pass rush, some pressure all up in his grill. Throws, lofts a dime to Patton in the back of the end zone. It was actually really, really beautiful. And on the drive, he was aided by a roughing the passer call but for the most part, he authored and managed a really good drive. And it's not easy to go 90-plus yards, but to go 98 yards. And this was after Jalen Watkins' interception. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks would take that and get pretty intimidated. Again, backed into their own end zone like that, the shadow of their own goalpost. And he authored a really good drive. So kudos to Cardale Jones on a really good game. Kind of excited to see what he does next week against the Seahawks. Uh, but Easton Stick, the team's fifth-round draft pick from this past year, was the fourth quarterback in, the last quarterback in, finished out the game. Uh, last week, he threw an interception, but apart from the interception, he had a pretty good game. He looked good in two-minute drill, um, had a 31-yard rushing touchdown. That was awesome. It was electric, got people really, really jazzed up about him as a player. 
didn't look nearly as efficient this time and threw another boneheaded head scratcher of an interception. He finished 5 of 13, uh, 62 yards interception. I don't think he had any rushing yards actually um, last time I checked. Just a totally different game for Easton Stick. Uh, that uh, that head scratch of an interception, by the way, was kind of like the, the nail in the coffin for the Chargers in this game, actually. He needed to go down. I think they just held the Saints to, what was it? Um, they scored to make it 16-17, and then Anthony Lanier uh, Jr. had a sack against Taysom Hill when they were going for two, and it kept them ahead by one. And then Stick just kind of needed to go down, kill some clock, kick a field goal, and that probably would have sealed the game for the Chargers, but out the gate, I think it was the second or third pass of the drive, threw it right to an intercept, or right to a linebacker, excuse me, Colton Jumper is his name, and he took it to the house, but due to a flag, it did come back. They just need the ball from there, and that was the end of the game. Super unfortunate. Uh, definitely a step back for Easton Stick, but uh, he's still exciting. The potential's still there, and I'm really looking forward to next week as well with him. Uh, Artavis Scott led the team in receiving with four uh, catches for 64 yards. Um, Andre Patton had four catches as well for 62 yards, and that aforementioned touchdown. Pope also led with uh, four catches, only 18 yards on this one, but Pope had a heck of a game. You know, Troy Mayne Pope was in the game prior to Detrez Newsom, actually, and usually Detrez Newsom is that third back now with Gordon out. He was the fifth back this game. Uh, super weird. Pope was back there returning punts pretty much all night, and he finally broke one. He had an 81-yard punt return touchdown to really spark this game open for the Chargers. They had, I believe, open with a field goal, and then the Chargers scored 14 straight points, um, looked really, really good, made a couple people miss, and raced up the left sideline. Really, really good game for Pope. I don't know what this means in terms of him jumping in front of Detrez Newsom to make the roster potentially as the last running back taken and kept. Um, I really don't know, but he did look good. The rushing production wasn't there, but was open for some passes, made the most of his checkdowns, and obviously his special team stuff as well. The first turnover of the game for the Saints was actually a tipped interception to safety Jalen Watkins, as I kind of mentioned earlier. This was actually... And crazy enough, the one-year anniversary of Jalen Watkins tearing his ACL last year's preseason. And one-year anniversary, he did come home with an interception, again, off a tipped pass from Taysom Hill, uh, which is really cool to see. Really, really cool to see. Um, It's always good to see guys coming back from injuries and making a statement in some way, shape, or form. And obviously, that led to the 98-yard touchdown drive by Cardale Jones and the rest of the second-teamers. One of the coolest things that you probably got to see in the second preseason game is uh, first round pick defensive tackle Jerry Tillery made his debut finally the guy it, it's been so weird in general trying to watch the Chargers first round picks in the preseason because they just don't play like they really really don't and, and and so it's always been really hard to get excited for Chargers preseason games because they draft these guys the people that are supposed to be they're most excited about but this year was this was the first, you know we waited the first game second game we finally got to see their first round pick okay cool um, we still haven't seen the second round pick Nasir Adderley either so hopefully we finally get to see those guys in the second or excuse me the third game but that's just kind of been uh, the case lately we just haven't really gotten to see a lot of these first and second round picks these guys who the team should be the most excited about going into the preseason when we finally get to see some of these younger guys play um, 
just unfortunate. But again, Tillery had his first sack, this awesome speed club swipe that he used a ton at Notre Dame, got the uh, backup right guard um, super, super well, sacked the quarterback. It was really, really awesome to see. And honestly, I just hope that's a sign for things to come. He looked so good out on the field, definitely passes the eye test at over 6'6", you know, roughly around 300 pounds. It just looks different because it's him. Then you guys got like... Damian Square sitting there at, I think, six foot, six one. Um, you got Justin Jones at six two. I mean, and then all of a sudden Tillery comes in at six six. He's just a different breed. And I think exactly the type of defensive tackle, defensive lineman on the interior that the Chargers have needed for quite some time. So I can't tell you how excited I am for Jerry Tillery to potentially crack that starting lineup uh, during the first week of the regular season. If you guys notice at all, why Denzel Perryman was playing in the fourth quarter of this past game. Um, that's because, according to Anthony Lynn, Perryman is still pretty rusty from uh, his injury last year, and it's kind of slowed him through the first couple weeks of training camp as well. And they did it in the first game against the Cardinals and again uh, Sunday against the Saints. They kind of waited until he's in late third quarter, fourth quarter, where he can kind of just get the majority of reps against lower competition and maybe, you know, because he could get reps against anybody throughout the entire game but for some reason they're doing in the fourth quarter I think maybe it's a sort of a confidence builder knowing that he can still perform and if he excels against these third fourth stringers you know then more quickly his confidence and just natural mindset can come back that he is this type of player that he believes he is and you know that stuff only leads to to good stuff just We'll leave it at that. It is confusing, but I think there's a method to this madness, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and trust Anthony Lynn on that. But either way, guy made a big play. Uh, he crushed Divino Zigbo, who I think is the Saints' third or fourth string running back. Absolutely crushed him within the five-yard line, caused a fumble. Adarius Pickett, uh, undrafted free agent safety from UCLA, picked it up, recovered that fumble. Uh, one of two fumble recoveries actually from the Chargers this past Sunday. Uh, linebacker Kyle Wilson had the first one, but... Um, this was a big play. It definitely got everyone jazzed up, and it was re- just, in general, really good to see Denzel Perryman out there kind of doing what we expect and hope uh, from the former Miami Hurricane. For you guys interested in punter battles, I know people are really interested in Ty Long versus Tyler Newsom. Ty Long being the CFL transplant from, I believe, the Bethune-Cookman Lions or something like that, the BC Lions of the CFL, and Tyler Newsom, who is uh, this year's undrafted free agent punter from Notre Dame. So the stats go as this. Tyler Newsom had four punts, totaled 173 yards. He had zero inside the 20 and a long of 50. It's not too bad. You would like one or two inside the 20. That's what punters should strive for all the time. Um, Long of 50 ain't too bad either. But Ty Long had three for 139. Two of those three ended up inside the 20-yard line. And he had a long of 56. So I'd say as of right now, as things stand, Ty Long definitely has the inside track for the punter job. And man, I cannot wait until we can stop looking at kickers and punters for position battles and trying to dictate who we think is going to win and overanalyze a position that most NFL teams kind of just want to set and forget. We all know it's important, but for the most part, most teams would like to set and forget their special teams, kickers, punters, and all that stuff. So Ty Long looks to be, again, the front runner for the team's starting punter job. If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. 
Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the low-quality razors from the convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. This coming Sunday, the Chargers take on the Seattle Seahawks in week three of the preseason. Now, I always like this matchup. I think the Chargers beat the Seahawks last year. Um, year before that, I think the Seahawks took it. So I, I like this one. I, I like the teams going back and forth. They both got some really good teams. Uh, there's a little bit of history. Obviously, Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator in Seattle during those Super Bowl games. Uh, he was the author of the Legion of Boom and what a vaunted defense that was. And we're obviously seeing what he can do with the Chargers defense over these last couple of years. But um, this one's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. The NFL just got some bad news, especially if you're a fan of the NFL draft and a lot of the really exciting rookies that have come out of the 2019 draft. Um, their pick in the second round, DK Metcalf, the 6'3", 230 plus pound wide receiver from Ole Miss, who ran a 4-3-3 or 4-3-4, I believe. Um, absolutely incredible, hell of an athlete, uber athletic. Um, he unfortunately had a minor knee surgery, quote unquote. I'm not sure, you know, what constitutes a minor surgery. I saw, uh, I think it was Dr. Jason Chow, who has formerly worked with the Chargers, I believe, mentioned that uh, a minor surgery is just a surgery that only happens to someone that's not you. And that tells me that there is no such thing as a minor knee surgery. Uh, because, well, they said Metcalf would be back, I think, by the start of the regular season or could only miss a couple weeks. I don't know what kind of knee surgery leads to someone being back in two weeks. I know last year when Kaiser White said he had a minor knee surgery, uh, he said he'd be back in two weeks, and then we didn't see him for the rest of the year. So I'm not sure what to make of that news. I guess we'll just kind of have to let time tell uh, 
come to pass and just, I guess, see what happens. Um, I don't expect Rivers to play uh, this game. I actually don't expect Rivers to play at all during the preseason, but preseason game three is usually where most of the starters do play um, before preseason game four where pretty much no starters play. It's just all kind of third and fourth stringers uh, going out there pretty much the whole game to, to make their case and why they should be uh, one of the final 53 kept by the team. But I don't expect other guys, older veterans like Thomas Davis, Mike Pouncey, um, don't expect Bosa or Ingram to play as well. I think he's just going to keep a lot of not only the older veterans, but those who play really key positions, Casey Hayward, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, positions that are kind of paramount to the success of this team's defense um, in 2019. So, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's probably going to play a little bit. Tyler Lockett, at least from what we saw um, against the Vikings when the Seahawks played the Vikings this past Sunday, that they kind of kept the starters in for quite a bit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Wilson, Lockett, and a couple of those guys, Jerron Brown, um, who's their third guy now? I can't even think off the top of my head, but uh, they've got a improved offensive line, honestly. Right guard um, DJ Fluker, if you guys, the 2013 first round pick of the Chargers, is now the right guard for the Seattle Seahawks. That'll be a little bit of a homecoming, quote unquote, for uh, Fluker. I know he really wasn't a fan favorite with a lot of Chargers fans, so um, you know, who knows? Maybe this game will come down to. Um, bragging rights and stuff like that but it'll be good to see fluker um <laughs> most people kind of root for him to to not do well to kind of uh you know give a little bit of a jab towards fluker because he was kind of salty when the team didn't sign him he's got this whole quote warrior mentality you know he's going to prove everybody wrong and be successful but i don't know good luck to him um i just didn't think he fit whatsoever in the chargers offensive scheme and what they want their offensive linemen to do i think they've upgraded tremendously at this point uh shout out forest lamp we'll see what happens with that um but other than that guys it's kind of all i got for you today it was a it was a good preseason game there was some good a lot more bad unfortunately um, we'll see what the team can correct in game three, more Tillery, more Nasir Adderley. Um, we'll see what veterans still play, but I'm excited for, it. I'm excited for every time the Chargers are able to take the field, um, in any sort of capacity, whether the game matters or not. It's just fun to see it regardless. So guys, I really appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. Um, this was episode 13. You know, 13 is an unlucky number, but I couldn't be more lucky, honestly, that I am still here doing this show for you guys. I really, really, really do appreciate all the love. The podcast Twitter handle just passed over 400 followers. I think two weeks ago, we were at 180. So thank you guys so much for showing it love, keeping with this. Um, a lot of you guys have reached out to me and said some very, very kind things that I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, there are times where, uh, you know, all the bad stuff that keeps happening to this team makes it a little bit harder to stay to stay positive and get you guys the kind of content, the kind of excitement that you expect from someone like me, someone that you want to listen to on a weekly basis. Um, I'm doing my very best and I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, but without further ado, guys, that is the end of today's show. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at zone tracks. Again, if you want to follow the Twitter for the podcast handle, that is at PBR, uh, PB, excuse me, PB review podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe five-star review. Tell me why you like this podcast. And if there's some things that you think I could actually do better on this podcast, guys, my DMS are always open at zone tracks or at the podcast handle. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Uh, this is for you guys. As much as I wanted to bring this to life for me, this is for you guys. So really, really do appreciate it guys. Subscribe, like, 
follow. This has been Michael Peterson with another episode of the Powder Blue Review. We will see you guys next week.